Hey everyone, and welcome to the Casual Gamer Podcast, the podcast where we casually play and talk about games. I'm your host, Daniel Eep, and on this episode, we're casually playing Diablo 4. Thanks, everyone, for joining me on this very first episode of the Casual Gamer Podcast. What you just heard is a clip from the 2019 announcement trailer. This is Diablo 4, the newest entry in the Diablo franchise from Activision Blizzard. It was released uh, quite recently on June 5th, 2023. That makes it 11 years after Diablo 3. I just want to start off by saying I'm a huge, huge Diablo fan. I don't even remember. I think I was probably around 14 years old. Does that make sense? 16 uh, when I first started playing Diablo 2. So that was many, many moons ago. Um, I played Diablo 2 quite extensively. I did not play Diablo 3 that much, actually. I played uh, on release and then maybe a couple of seasons, I did get back into the expansion Reaper of Souls, but again, maybe just a season, um, nothing more than that. Uh, and then obviously we had Diablo 2 Resurrected. I was pretty, pretty hyped about that. Um, but again, that was still very much the same Diablo 2 experience on release. I know they've improved the game quite a bit with quality of life changes and, and actually new content to the game, which is fantastic. But back to Diablo 4, let's just talk about the game in general for those that are unfamiliar with the franchise. um, In this case, Diablo 4 stays pretty true to the Diablo action RPG formula. You pick one of five classes, uh, in this case for Diablo 4, the Barbarian, the Druid, the Sorcerer, the Necromancer, or the Rogue. And you go out into the world and you fight monsters and bosses. And your goal is to get items which increase the power of your character and hopefully it makes it look more badass in the process. I'm not going to get into the story. I just want to boil it down for anyone that hasn't played this game or any other action RPG for that matter. So broadly speaking, there are two ways to encounter monsters and bosses. There's the open world. So as you travel from one destination to the other, obviously there are monsters along the way. And there are also these mini events uh, which you can participate in. They range from, you know, survive for X amount of time to kill X number of monsters within a short time limit. And if you do so, then you get a mini boss, which then gives you a chest with uh, special items in it. The other way to encounter monsters is through dungeons. So specific instances where you fulfill these mini tasks, such as uh, pulling X lever, finding X object, or killing all the monsters in the dungeon. And once you fulfill these mini tasks, then you get to the boss of that dungeon. And once you defeat that boss, then you get more items. To get better items, you go through the harder difficulties of the game. Currently, there are four difficulties. uh, The hardest ones being only unlocked at a certain level threshold. So the harder the game gets, naturally, 
the better the rewards get. And that is the gameplay loop in a nutshell. Now, each class has a pretty good range of abilities, uh, so you can find something that fits your playstyle pretty well, at least in my experience. Uh, whether that's something a bit more offensive or defensive or even hybrid. Uh, for example, I play a necromancer, and usually the typical archetype is you know using skeletal minions. Um, but you can successfully play the game without them entirely. So those are really, really the broad strokes of an action RPG. Uh, you fight demons, become a badass, rinse and repeat uh, until you become, yeah, the ultimate badass. Coming up, I'll talk about my own personal play experience with the game. Uh, you know, has it lived up to the Diablo hype? Was it worth four years of waiting after the announcement? Stay tuned. Welcome back to my casual playthrough of Diablo 4. So right up front, I'm going to say that this is a pretty decent, uh, you know, pretty good game. I'm having a relatively good time playing. Uh, it might not sound like that, but yeah, it is It is pretty fun. Um, but surprisingly to me, uh, I think it's, it's not necessarily for the reasons that I thought uh, that would make me enjoy the game. So let's get into some of that. I started on release, so June 5th, and to my big surprise, it, it went really smoothly. Given how the Diablo 3 release did not go well at all, you know, I was prepared for the worst, i.e., or is that e.g., not playing at all. So just a note on performance, you know, I'd say I'd have a, I have a pretty humble PC setup that lets me run most of what I play on at least the high settings. So I didn't have any frame rate or visual dips uh, but definitely what has been the worst is rubber banding and lag. Um, so definitely a server-side issue. Rubber banding, uh, for those unaware, is when you click to move your character to a spot on the screen, and it kind of glides back and forth to get there. So you do get like a pretty strong sense of lag. So of the five classes, uh, again, Barbarian, Druid, Sorcerer, Necromancer, or Rogue, I went with the Necromancer. I like the concept of, you know, ranged spellcasters, uh, but also the fact that you can be pretty tanky and, and play up front. So even though I like ranged classes, I don't necessarily like the maybe waiting part of it. I just, I just want to get in there anyways. I played a druid and a sorceress uh, in D2, and per, uh, just a note, because genders were predetermined to the class back then. Um, and I really, really, really loved uh, both of those classes. Uh, but for some reason, they didn't interest me as much in this uh, iteration. I'll try to tackle a few things at the same time here. Um, so it may sound uh, rambly. Forgive me for my first episode. So the core mechanics of combat are based around using skills that build up a resource, uh, such as Essence for Necromancers or Rage for Barbarians, and then skills that spend the resource. So obviously, I'll speak to the class that I play. Overall, it feels pretty satisfying. Obviously, you can really optimize your skills to get the best uh, quote-unquote meta build. Uh, but I feel the Necromancer, you can really play around and mix and match the skills and find something that's fun. Uh, not only fun, but also kind of role play, I guess, in, in a way. And also pretty powerful that lets you kind of get through the game. 
say you build up your primary resource through some weaker basic skills, and then you use uh, spender talents. And I have to say, they look pretty fantastic, and they they feel really good too, and, and quite visceral in the necromancer's case. You know, you can create blood explosions. Uh, you throw bone or blood projectiles. Uh, you have some shadow skills as well. You have the kind of cornerstone uh, skill, which is you know corpse explosion, and you have some pretty fun you know utility skills as well, uh, such as uh, curses. Uh, you have some tendrils that can go through the ground and scoop up enemies and you know, create bone prisons as well. Um, you know some of the more normal stuff they would expect out of necromancers. Uh, they look and feel pretty good in Diablo Four. Now, even though the skills look pretty good, I think this is where my first kind of complaint or core complaint will will come, is even though it feels like there's a variety to choose from, I think the skill trees in Diablo 4 could use just a bit more depth. Now, each class has kind of seven major nodes uh, that go from their basic skills to spender skills to utility skills, etc. Each major node has... uh, primary branches and of those primary branches you have two minor branches so in a node you go you can pick one of say four major uh, skills and then each of those major skills has uh, two uh, minor components that you can choose from so instead of having maybe seven nodes maybe push it up to eight nine and even the minor branches instead of having only two Maybe you bump that up to three, depending on how many major nodes you add. Um, But it's not the biggest issue with the game. I think it just needs a bit more to it. Now, with that said, it's a really delicate balance of trying to not overwhelm the player. But obviously, you want to give them enough agency and choices throughout their experience. Um, But it's it's a really difficult task. I'm sure you could ask you know hundreds if not thousands of, of players and they would all come up with a different answer uh, so you know where do you draw the line uh, to avoid you know choice paralysis uh, getting into too many convoluted mechanics uh, too much to read you know is is an issue as well like you know having to go through uh, all the online guides out there versus you know just an on rails experience that uh, lets you enjoy the game and and makes you feel powerful we could go deeper into the skills and you know really analyze you know each one which is the best which is the strongest at the end game state um but i don't want that to be this podcast uh, i i want this to stay pretty casual as the title says and and you know i frankly i don't have that deep knowledge to really make those calculations and and bring out the spreadsheets so you know, currently I'm at level 60 out of a maximum 100. Now, it is worth mentioning that I am playing on hardcore mode instead on, instead of normal. Um, so that just means that if I die in-game, I lose that character permanently, um, including the items that are on it and the progress. So why would I do that? Um, you know, ever since I tried this kind of survival mode for the first time uh, years and years and years ago in Diablo 2, uh, it really changed the game, you know. For me, anyways, it, it made it much more enjoyable. It adds a whole other dimension of risk and reward. Um, but interest, interest, interestingly enough, at this point of my life, uh, it's not just the risk of losing items, but also my time. So it does make me appreciate the game just a bit more, uh, and definitely adds way more excitement when when something good happens. 
So yeah, currently level 60. Um, my Necromancer hasn't fully reached, you know, quote unquote, endgame stage yet. I think even if you look at guides, they would, uh, you know, I would be qualified to be at mid game. Um, but it practically feels like endgame. And I'd have to say relatively early in my playthrough as well. Now, you would think that that's a bad thing. Um, but it's kind of here that I realized and kind of why I wanted to, to create this podcast. Um, but it's where I've come to terms that I'm a casual gamer now, and I am wholeheartedly the target audience for this game. I talked about the skill tree earlier, you know, finding that balance between too many skills and mechanics to choose from and, you know, properly understanding those mechanics versus an on-rail experience. And, And that really got me thinking, you know, I used to, I still do love theory crafting and spending time to, you know, get to know the ins and outs of core mechanics and skills and, you know, painting the perfect path to the, the meta build. I, I still love that. And, you know, I am a full-fledged nerd and any free time I, I have, I, I spend uh, to do that to the best of my abilities is, is getting to understand a game. Um, but, you know, despite me spending that time, Time is not a resource that I have that much more of anymore. So yeah, as much as I love, you know, a good complex intertwined uh, mechanics, I also enjoy having to make just simple but impactful choices that still let me enjoy the game to its highest potential, which I think Diablo 4 actually does. Because the stage of the game where I'm at right now is where the grind really starts. You know, at the core of it, an ARPG is is putting hours in of repeating content to find the best possible items and getting to max level. You know, my teenage self, with all the time in the world and no responsibilities, would have loved nothing more than to just do that, spend hours racking up loot and doing it multiple times on different characters. Uh, but the truth is, you know, for better or for worse, the fact that content is sort of limited right now is kind of good. It's not great, but it's not bad either, I'd say. You know, I've reached the point where I've done just about everything the game has to offer, uh, except, you know, maybe grinding at the hardest difficulty or perhaps like the hardest boss in the game. But that doesn't really add anything to my experience um overall like my character feels powerful i can clear the most difficult content available to me with relative ease um so i don't have that fomo really of having to log on every other day or every day essentially um you know put in hours to grind for low percentage loot to get the best possible items right now it's it's I don't feel like I have to go into the game because I mean, I've done what it has to offer to me. And it feels good to say that, you know, I've potentially finished this for now. Which brings us to the next part of the show that I want to talk about is community sentiment around the game um, and kind of what's happening overall. Um, so as I just said, like for me, I finished the game. And it, it feels good. I don't, I don't have to feel bad that I'm not spending more time in it. 
Um, but that doesn't seem to resonate as much with the rest of the community. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say hardcore gamers, but it feels that like a lot of people want to get more out of it. It's been really interesting to observe, you know, from what I can tell, uh, the early sentiment in the first, uh, you know, from launch to a couple of weeks in, uh, the sentiment was pretty positive around the game. Um, and it's going through a steady decline, which is completely normal as players discover bugs uh, or, you know, get a chance to really dig into the mechanics uh, and, and the content of the game. You know, broadly speaking, there are a lot of player grievances over quality of life decisions, the quantity of content, and the itemization, which I would think is probably the biggest uh, issue with the game right now. You know, the objective of this type of game is to get items. And if the items themselves, uh, the objective is sort of lackluster, um, that really kind of defeats the purpose. And I think that's where a lot of people are are uh, pointing the finger at. And I can certainly agree that some, if not most, of the player feedback uh, makes sense and should be implemented in the quickest but most reasonable amount of time possible. Um, but that's a whole other topic I'd like to cover on another episode. Um, but yeah, I'm seeing a lot of videos posted uh, from content creators about the game dying and whatnot. Um, but that just may be the natural course of things as well. You know, the game is six, seven weeks old now. Uh, the new season is coming up. So for the more hardcore audiences, it potentially does feel like there's nothing to do. But I would be willing to bet that for the majority of people, they're still going through content in the game. So the vast majority potentially are still getting their money's worth um, before season one. And that is the next major topic is uh, the upcoming season slated for July 20th. And that was a can of worms. Um, the quote unquote fiasco of the announcement is really the lack of understanding from a whole new player base about how seasons work in ARPGs. And it's it's really interesting and impressive how a title like Diablo managed to reach out to a whole new player base. And obviously, you know, there's new new generations of players um, and the whole marketing behind it. Um, but is it is definitely not the same, I'd say, group of people, I guess, that I knew that would play Diablo 2 to the group of players today that play Diablo 4. Um, so it was, it was really wild to see uh, the reaction to uh, the concept of seasons. Um, and if you don't know, and what these players didn't, what these new players didn't realize is that each new season requires you to create a new uh, seasonal character to experience most of the new content. So the characters that they're playing today, that I, I am playing today, I know I will park on the side and have to start a new one uh, once the new season rolls in. So that did drum up a lot of confusion frustration for for new players um for the more seasoned veterans or hardcore gamers it was you know no news to them i think what they expect is a boatload of new content um and with the recent news i do hope that it appeases them 
I remain cautiously optimistic. You know, in the long run, what the hardcore gamers demand will probably benefit casual gamers as well, just on a much longer term. It, it would just have a longer uh, shelf life for casual gamers. So for myself, I'm pretty excited about season one. Um, given how the game is right now, I know that starting a new character isn't too big of a deal for me. Uh, I get to experience the new content, uh, play the time that it takes to go through the new content, and then it'll just organically and naturally fall off until the next season. And as far as I can tell, it seems that seasons are three months. So I'm actually quite happy that if I can finish the content in you know three, four weeks, I'll just park the game and just go play something else. And that should be it. But I, I can understand the frustration of someone that really, 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 really enjoys the game that just wants to play this constantly. Um, I do hope that there will be enough for them uh, in the next season. I will leave a link in the description with all the details about the upcoming changes. And hopefully they'll be able to set the bar pretty high. Coming right up, we'll close out the episode, Is This Game Casual Friendly? All right, final thoughts on the game. So for me, as I said, I think this is a really good game. It's pretty streamlined. Uh, the game looks good. It runs pretty well, as far as I can tell. Um, it does answer and itch, uh, scratch the Diablo itch. I think the only question really that you can ask yourself is whether it's worth that pretty hefty price tag for a quote-unquote triple a game um it, it's getting pretty pricey these days but overall for me given the time i i have to play this game uh, it was worth the purchase i got some good time in it i managed to do as i said everything in the game all the content i tried out the different builds i didn't even play any other characters um i don't know if i really want to either I think I kind of get the gist of it, and it does, you know, the, the Necromancer does fit my play style. I could probably find it within the other classes themselves, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know if, for me, I want to redo the whole game just as another class. I've gotten enough out of it. And that's it for this episode. Join me next time as I dive into what exactly is a casual gamer nowadays? How do we define what a hardcore gamer is? And is there a world where casuals and hardcore gamers can enjoy a game together? Follow us on Twitter at the CGCast, or if you have any questions or feedback, please send them to info at casualgamerpodcast.com. That's the CGCast on Twitter and info at casualgamerpodcast.com. I'm Daniel Eep. Thank you, everyone, and take care.